Come on that altar. Be a sweet smelling savor to you. We thank you for honoring us with your presence. And we thank you for creating us for love. And let us do with all of our heart, with all of our soul, with all of our mind, with all of our strength. Because you are good. You are good. We praise you, Lord. We praise you, Lord. In the first service, I came up and during the song, I just had to get in the altar and lay my life on that altar. It's such a powerful symbol, that altar. In the Old Testament, it was the largest furnishing in the temple. There's a lot of sacrifice that happened, a lot of bloodshed. Uh, Romans 12 says, And so, dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you to give your bodies to God because of all he has done for you. Let them be a living and holy sacrifice, the kind he will find acceptable. This is truly the way to worship him. Amen. I'm going to have the lights on in a minute, but I want to show a video first. And we totally do this, I don't know, every which way. The first service is different than the second. And um, I shared this video at the very end. I'm going to be speaking about um, Blessed Are the Persecuted today. We're closing up our series on the Beatitudes and going to probably next week go into the rest of the Sermon on the Mount. But I was studying out this week and just reading and, and looking and watching. And um, when it's in Fox News, and, and it's, it was also, um, well, they didn't have this one on CNBC. And I'm not, hope you understand, I'm not picking a, a news program one side or the other. I don't really care. Um, they don't show the whole truth, none of them anyways. Um, but, but when it does come on to the national scene and they, they say that, the Christian persecution around the world is reaching genocidal levels. When it's finally acknowledged, um, we need to see that. And I wanted you to see visually and hear some numbers. There's some staggering numbers from uh, over, I think it was 150,000 or a million Christians in Iraq at one point, now down to, they say 200,000, but now it's, today it's down to 150,000. And um, we are, our, our brothers and sisters are being persecuted all over the world. And this is uh, going on today. And we're sitting very comfortably in a, in a church where there was no fear of anyone coming in and blowing us up. Um, there was no fear of being persecuted, you know, from your neighbor seeing you leave to go to church today. There was no thought of that. So I just want you to watch this video, and then we're going to get into the message. If we can kill the rest of these lights. A new interim report released at the request of the British Foreign Secretary says Christian persecution in some parts of the world is, quote, close to meeting the international definition of genocide, with Christians being targeted by extremist groups in the Middle East, Sub-Saharan Africa, and East Asia. For more on this, we bring in the president of the Iraqi Christian Relief Council and senior fellow of the Philos Project, Juliana Tamarazi. Juliana, thank you for joining us tonight. Thank uh, you for having me on, Mark. 
it's really startling to see that sort of figure, that takeaway from the report, uh, that it could potentially be reaching genocidal levels. Also worth noting from this report, 80% of religious believers who are being uh, uh, persecuted around the world are Christians. Uh, should this be a, a wake-up, a worldwide wake-up? Absolutely. There has been a genocide that is already on their way. Uh, and, and perpetrated by ISIS. Uh, as you know, Secretary Kerry uh, announced this as a genocide of the Christians of Iraq and also the Yazidis. But this has been going on for so long. For example, in terms of Iraq, the Assyrians, also the Chaldeans and the Syriacs of Iraq have come under persecution starting 2003 until today. Um, our numbers were 1.5 million today down to 200,000 people. And uh, look at Sri Lanka, look at what happened there, look at what's happening in India. Nobody's really talking about India. Uh, so we're grateful for Secretary Hunt and also Ambassador at Large uh, Brombach for really stepping up to do something uh, in a positive way, in a more meaningful way. But there's so much that needs to get done still uh, in worldwide. Uh, according to Open Doors report, one out of nine Christians, Mali, across the world are being persecuted today. Uh, and of course, this causes not just uh, potentially death, as we're talking about genocide, but also people being pushed out of their homelands and the religion uh, where it perhaps had a stronghold being forced out of areas where Christians live. I, I want to take a listen. This is the British Foreign Secretary, Jeremy Hunt, speaking in Kenya. Around a quarter of a billion Christians being persecuted, 3,000 losing their lives last year alone, and that's increasing. Um, and there are many different reasons for that. Religious conservatism, politicians uh, playing on people's um, religious prejudices, state-sponsored oppression, terrorism. He also talked about political correctness. Do you think that plays a role? Absolutely. Actually, I believe the death of most of the people that are suffering today is truly because of the polit political correctness because the world turns a blind eye to this. And when we are politically correct, we are sympathizing with, with those terrorists that are destroying communities and erasing histories. For example, the Assyrian people in Iraq, our history, it, they're trying to erase our history by destroying our monuments and really pushing out uh, us uh, from the homeland. But you know what, Mali, persecution looks different in different parts of the world. For example, uh, let's take Iran. Uh, according to the International Christian Concern, they did a report. In 2017, there were 16 former Muslims that were uh, persecuted. But in 2018, 171 uh, former Muslims and also three Assyrians that, were, uh, that are being persecuted today, Pastor Victor and his family, for example. Uh, in, uh, in Egypt, uh, they are giving the Christians a hard time to legalize churches. We saw what ISIS did in Sri Lanka. So the way we answer every persecuted situation, it has to be different. For example, Boko Haram in Nigeria. Uh, we have to deal with them differently. And perhaps uh, these uh, horrific attacks in Sri Lanka also yes. will be seen as a wake-up call. Uh, Juliana Tamarazi, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you for having me on. Thank you. Okay, so this is the reality. Go from 1.5 million Christians in Iraq to 120,000. This is going on all over the world. And yet here we are free. So let's pray. Lord, I ask for your anointing, God, to 
interpret your word very precisely and correctly and rightly. God, to deliver this message, Lord, which you've um, divinely orchestrated, it is so close to your heart. I pray, Lord, that you prepare us to receive this, Lord, and not hear it, to apply it. We are so blessed to have the freedoms that we have. We thank you for the men and women who have provided those freedoms. Let us not be politically correct. Let us be right with you. Let us agree with you. Lord, bless this time. I thank you for my brothers and sisters that are around the world today who are risking their life because you are their king. Lord, we pray for those who are in captive right now in captivity. God, I pray that they, you, they would feel your supernatural power and comfort and peace. And I ask God to open up prison doors. You've done it before. You are the same. You have not changed. The difference was in the book of Acts, they prayed for Peter to be released. The church prayed. So Lord, let us pray for our brothers and sisters like they were really our brothers and sisters. In your name, amen. So, it's a very awesome topic today. Um, we're not getting into my notes yet, but the first point um, that was in my notes was that Jesus is not seeker-friendly. <laughs> he tells the whole truth up front. And uh, this will not be a very seeker-friendly message today, which I am not too concerned about. <laughs> I'm concerned about pleasing the Lord. I'm concerned about preaching the truth. I'm, I'm concerned about being right with him. I'm, I'm concerned about speaking the things that he puts on our heart and relaying that as your shepherd to the, to the flock. And uh, I'm just going to be kind of blunt and plain a few, in a few spots today. Not that I'm not normally, but um, <laughs> there could be a couple opportunities for someone to be upset, and I'll pray that, that you're not, and if you are, you'll quickly get over it. Um, last, the last time I preached, we, we preached on blessed are the peacemakers, amen? amen. And uh, how many through that opportunity, um, you're, you're probably going to have an opportunity to apply this week's message. <laughs> Those of you who worked on some peacemaking there were, I've heard some stories, and I did catch some myself, some, uh, a little bit of persecution on that. So praise God. It's almost like he knows what he's doing when he lays out his, his words so that we go through the blessed are the peacemakers, and the very next one is blessed are those who are persecuted for doing right. Right? So, so we're blessed. Some of you were super blessed by being peacemakers, and you got extremely blessed by getting a little persecution. Amen? It's good for us. Amen? Keeps us sharp. So... When I was uh, doing some studies and in, in listening and um, looking at persecution, I, I watched um, a ceremony for a family that, was, that went to Iraq right after 9-11. They purposely chose to go to Iraq and, and spread the gospel right after 9-11. And I personally got to be discipled by a couple when I was in Teen Challenge that when World War II, when we dropped two nuclear weapons, bombs on Japan, when that war ended, they signed up to go be missionaries to Japan. That's laying down your life. That's answering the call. That's actually just really being a Christian. So this family did this, and they were told, don't do that, and they were pastors in, in Australia, and they had a really good thing going. It was comfortable, and... Uh, God's not real concerned with our being comfortable. Not concerned with you being safe. 
Um, I had a beautiful revelation on John 3.16 this week in my studies and just speaking with the Lord. And how many of you have looked at, would look at John 3.16 this way? We're talking about persecution. For God so loved the world, he so loved the sinners of this world that he allowed his son to come to this earth and be persecuted like none other. Roman crucifixion was the most extreme amount of pain that you could inflict on somebody before they expired. They were masters of it. So God so loved the world that he sent his son for this world, and his son was persecuted. He laid down his life for us, for the world. So why would we think that we're anything special? We have this thought, and I've had, that was awakening for me. How many times, have, I mean, I memorized John 3.16 when I was probably Emma's age. But he loved the world so much, he allowed his son to come to this earth and be persecuted like none other. And many of the saints that have gone before us have suffered persecution. Does that mean he doesn't love us? No. It means he loves this world. This isn't going to be real comfortable for you today, and that's all right. His word says this in Matthew 5, 10 through 12. God blesses those who are persecuted for doing right, for the kingdom of heaven is theirs. So the family that went to Iraq, they spent, they just in this last year were persecuted and martyred. But there were some folks before them that had went, and there was a, a doctor and his friend, and, and they served and they taught the Iraqi people his techniques and surgical abilities and, and all those skill sets. And one day, and, and he shared his faith with many people, and one day he was murdered. And there was a lady that witnessed it, and she was a Muslim. And years after that, she told this family, when they ministered to her and brought the gospel, she said, I was there when, when he was martyred, and he was murdered, and I saw the heavens open. And angels came down and took their bodies and they went up. And she said, and I don't understand. I couldn't understand why, because they weren't Muslim. How could, how could God come and get them and, and take them to heaven when they weren't Muslim? And she, for years, she would think about that and ponder that and didn't understand how that was possible. And then there's this family who dedicated their life to go and share the gospel. And she became a Christian and her family became Christians. And many, many Christians began building and growing in Iraq. But one day, persecution started rising and, and more and more Christians and people that they were friends with were killed. And they were told, it's, you need to leave now. You must leave because it is not safe for you any longer. And this man said, you only die once. You might as well die for Jesus. And I'll tell you what, that's been going over and over and over <laughs> in my heart ever since I heard that. See, he counted the cost. He understood. I wish all the candidates that were going to be baptized were in here right now. We just taught on baptism. He understood, and they understood that when they were uniting with Christ in baptism, they were uniting in his death, in his burial, in his resurrection. They understood that. And it didn't stop them from taking that step. There's been many 
persecutions. There's, I was reading a story of a pastor in, in, in India. He started a church. He didn't have a building. And he went out and he got about 30 families that, that he invested into for like 10 years and got 30 families that became believers. And then they got a building. Well, then the, the Hindu group was really upset that they were bringing Jesus into the village, so they went and burnt the church down. Well, the church doubled. The church has doubled. I don't know why it works this way or how it works this way, but the blood of the saints is seed for the gospel. And there's men that in Australia years ago that went to Papua New Guinea and it was, it was communist and there was tribes there that were unreached and they were so stubborn and hard-headed. God uses stubborn and hard-headed people. They were so stubborn and hard-headed, they went anyways when they were, they were told, don't go. And they had missionary alliances that would support them. And one of these guys were so hard-headed that his group said, you don't listen. You're not supposed to be going in these places. We're dropping you. They wouldn't pay for it. So he came back, found another group to support him. Three times was dropped. Kept going. And to the point where he finally, and he began, began to the point of translating their language into uh, the Bible. They could have some written word. And then some of the leaders came and they told him, you leave or we're going to take you out. And they, they he said, I'm not leaving. I'm not leaving. They began to fill him full of arrows. They didn't have really strong compound bows like we have. So it takes a lot. Jesus. He'd get shot. He'd pull the arrow out, break it, drop it. Over and over and over. Till he expired. The man that was with him stepped up next. They began to fill him. When they came to get their bodies, there was hundreds of arrows that had been broken and laying at their feet. There's people who have sacrificed their life. There was another story I read of a man. They were going to burn him at the stake, and this was hundreds of years ago. And they were about to bind him up. And he said, don't tie me up. He said, my faith will keep me to that stake. He stood there, was persecuted. Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. The Beatitudes begin and end with that statement, for theirs will be the kingdom of heaven. And our last one is blessed are those who are persecuted. The persecution in the Greek means that they're driven out, chased away, it can be beaten, stonings, mocking, insults, slander, threats, ostracism, intimidation, exile, jailed, and death. It's not likes on Facebook. The next word I, I studied was aton, which is theirs. Theirs is the kingdom. Theirs. It doesn't mean entrance. Theirs is the, it's not an entrance word. It's, it is a, it's a possessive pronoun. Theirs is the kingdom, which means these people are the possessors of the kingdom. 
Not entrance, possession of the kingdom. It means the kingdom is their reward when they've been persecuted. This is something we don't know much about. The man that was in that um, newscast that was in Kenya, I've been to Kenya, and I was in, we, me and Seth were in those areas where there was a mass shooting. They went in and, and shot, uh, killed 60 to 70 Christians. And, and I could say Christians because I know something that they don't tell you on the news. When we were there, we asked, because it's so different than the rest of Nairobi. We asked the bishop that had taken us there, like, so why is it so different in this area? And it's like a gated, really nice. It's beautiful, ridiculously beautiful. And he said, well, it's the, this is where the majority of the American missionaries live and stay. It's purposefully attacked there. A few years later, there was a, a, a Christian school that was attacked by the Muslims. And they went through one-on-one, denounced Christ. They wouldn't. It's one thing for the first person. What if, what if you were the second one? Or the third, or the fifth, or the sixth, and they, nope, not doing it. You see, around the world, Christians, they take a step of faith, and they truly understand that this is laying your life down. When they're baptized, they truly understand that I'm being baptized into his death. I'm being baptized into his burial. I'm being baptized into his resurrection. And they totally comprehend, like I told our youth, what do you have to fear if you've already dead? They've already counted their lives as dead, as gone, as done. And that's how they sign up. And then when they get a little opposition, it's no big deal. They're counting their lives as gone already. They know by the fact that I'm joining this, this church, I'm, I'm causing, I'm standing in alignment with Jesus. I'm on his side. They fully know that they killed him. They'll, they'll probably kill me. And they sign up anyways. Totally different than our church. And I don't just mean our church. I mean our church in the West. We just make a decision. Well, would you like to accept Jesus? You know, and, and it's, it's going to be really good for you. Your life will be so much better. All these great things... You'll be so much more prosperous. You'll have so much more money. You'll have so many more. That is not the gospel. That builds lots of numbers. But that's not what Jesus said. We have a right to be wrong. <laughs> He's right. This is something that's so been wrecking me this last week of hearing different ministers, and I'm not naming them, um, even people I'm like really surprised aligning themselves and compromising in areas to be politically correct. It's not politically correct to follow Jesus. You won't be politically correct. Our country's the way it is, is going in a rapid downhill decline because of political correctness. Because Christians, I don't blame no one else. Because we don't stand up and speak the truth. Amen. We haven't been standing up and saying, no, this is what God says. It doesn't matter. And we're, we're being taught by people in the church this stuff of, well, 
if you get around, you, the reason you feel that way is because you're not around more of these folks. If you were around them, you would sympathize more. You would understand their heart. You would, yes, that's good. God gives us empathy, and we should be sympathetic to folks. But it doesn't change the fact that God's right. Yeah, that's right. And if we're not in line with him, we're wrong. Right. And so are they. Yeah. It is our obligation to speak the truth because the truth is what sets free. And it's in this culture... When you speak the truth, there's a high probability going forward that you will suffer persecution for it. So we better make our minds up and we better know whose side are you on. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. See, it's easy to say in America, you say that outside this this beautiful, great country that we have, which we are blessed. But you go outside of this country and you make that stand. Then you're saying something. Even in Canada right now, pastors are going to jail for hate speech. And we're foolish to not think it's not going to happen here. And I'm declaring, and I will tell you flat out, I've been to jail for many stupid reasons. I will go to jail gladly for being a Christian, for living right, for speaking the truth. But who's going to preach the following Sunday? There's one. There's another. See, this is the reality of the most of the church. All right, point one. Jesus is not seeker friendly. He tells the whole truth up front. I love that about him. He he totally messes up every church building plan and 10-step process that there is to build a church. He so jacks all of that up. He comes right off the bat. Oh, you want to follow me? Pick up your cross and follow me. Let's go. See, they understood. The Roman people, and that, they understood crucifixion. You don't survive. It is a long, agonizing death. And that's what they signed up for. He didn't hide that. He's like, he didn't say, oh, come follow me. It's going to be so great. Which, thank God, it is. There's blessings that come in our lives. There's a way to be blessed. But he doesn't hide the fact that you will be persecuted if you follow me. Matthew 10, 38 and 39. This is Jesus speaking. If you refuse to take up your cross and follow me, you're not worthy of being mine. If you cling to your life, you will lose it. But if you give up your life for me, you will find it. John 15, 18 through 21 says, If the world hates you, remember that it hated me first. The world would love you as one of its own if you belong to it. Who do you belong to? But you are no longer part of the world. I chose you to come out of the world. So it hates you. Do you remember what I told you? A slave is not greater than the master. Since they persecuted me, naturally, I mean, this is, look at, naturally they will persecute you. And if they had listened to me, 
they would listen to you. They will do all this to you because of me. For they have rejected the one who sent me. Boy, that's church building 101. I'm pretty sure Jesus wanted us all to know right off the start, put your big boots on. Pick up your cross. Put on some armor. It's going to get nasty. But you're going to be some you're going to be blessed. The kingdom of God is yours. He's not real concerned about this life. You get the picture of that? He tells us this life's but a vapor. Here today, gone tomorrow. He's concerned about eternity. And he's concerned about eternity for the rest of the world. So if it means that some of his sons and daughters would have to shed blood and give their lives so that many would come to know him, he's okay with that. We do not understand that as the Western church, but all the rest of the church does. And I'm not, pre I hope you understand, this isn't a doom and gloom, and I rebuke the spirit of fear in the name of Jesus. God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Perfect love does what? It casts out all fear. And we've encountered perfect love. So what can man do to you? Have you counted your life as dung and gone? Or haven't you? Did you get baptized into his death? Death. Burial. All of your stuff. All of the things that we would hold so closely to. Done. And it was resurrection. A whole new life. And praise God. I'll never die again. Amen. I love what Billy Graham said. He said, when you come to my funeral or you hear that I have died, don't you believe it? He said, I will be more alive than I've ever been. That's the truth. The devil's such a liar. He's tried, I'll be one of you openly honest with you. I have thought for years, what if? I've been somewhat fearful. When I went to Kenya, oh man, they surrounded our car full of guns. It's no joke there. And the devil tried to get me so fearful, and I battled fear for a long, even over there. I asked, there was like, what can we pray for you for? And I was honest, fear. I can tell you, I'm free from that. I'm free from that. Now, however, the enemy will still try. And every once in a while, I think about something like this or go through this persecution, like, oh, see, that, that's probably going to be your fate. So what? It probably won't be because that's what he's telling me. But it's all good. Absent from the body is what, church? Present with the Lord. That's my goal. I love this man. He says, you only die once. It might as well be for Jesus. That's an eternal value and an eternal reward. Pastor Jay shared with the, the young man that was taking his life, was taken very early, that they had had conversations and he had said, I wish I had done more for the Lord. 
There was a couple regrets, and all of us have regrets. And you know, when, I, when he said that, I said, That's every, that should be every single, every single Christian's heart. I wish I would have done more for the Lord. So he tells us in Scripture, they hated me, they will hate you. They persecuted me, they will persecute you. We like the blessings of being called his body, don't we? When it's convenient, oh, we're his body. We're the, I'm the body of Christ. I'm sons and daughters of God. Well, are you? They persecuted him, the head. We need to understand an attack on us is an attack on him. We are his body. An attack on us is an attack on him. They hate us because they hated him. Why? Because he brought the light into the darkness, and the darkness hated the light. He never hid that. First chapter of John. I've got to say something here. Let's not persecute him. Let that sink in. If we're his body, let's not persecute him. Are you hearing me? Let's not persecute one another. You think you're slamming someone in our... You're hurting him. You're persecuting him. We're his body. And just so you know, I've, I'm getting all of this. I've got it all week. I've been chewing on it all week. He's been speaking to me, taking me to the woodpile even a couple times. And thank God for the woodpile. If we're going to be called his children and share his glory... Do you know what the next part is? Romans 8, 14 and 17. Listen. For all who are led by the Spirit of God are children of God. So listen what he says. So you have not received a spirit that makes you fearful slaves. Thank you, Lord. Instead, you received God's Spirit when he adopted you as his own children. Now we call him Abba Father. For the Spirit joins with our spirit. Oh, that's so exciting. Not a fearful spirit. His spirit joins with our spirit. Remember that dovetailing of peace? To affirm that we are God's children. And since we are his children, we are his heirs. In fact, together with Christ, we are heirs of God's glory. Here's the but. But if we are to share his glory, we must also... Share his suffering. Yay! Right? That's what we've got to get our mindset to. And I'm going to show you how we can do that. I believe you'll, be, you'll agree with me when this is all said and done. But we've got to go through one little hurdle of a second point, which is going to sting a little bit. But don't worry, it doesn't last long. Then we get into some good stuff, all right? So are you ready? Yes. Okay, you said you are. Some of you didn't. If you didn't, you can, you can be dismissed. <laughs> This is a very simple truth, but it's powerful. You are not blessed when persecuted for doing wrong. I am not blessed when persecuted for doing wrong. Like, what does that mean? Let's look at some scripture first, and it'll hopefully soften the blow. <laughs> Second Timothy three eleven and twelve. You know how much this is. This is once again. Not how we would encourage a young minister probably be before we turn the church over to him. Paul speaking to Timothy. 
You know how much persecution and suffering I have endured. You know all about how I was persecuted in Antioch, Iconium, and Lystra. But the Lord rescued me from all of it. Yes, now look at these words. Everyone who wants to live what kind of life? A godly life in Christ Jesus might suffer persecution. No, you will suffer persecution if you want to live a godly life in Christ Jesus. First Peter tells us in 3.14, but even if you suffer for what? Doing what is right. God will reward you for it. So don't worry or be afraid of their threats. Okay, here's the fun one. We so often want to claim persecution for righteousness, and oftentimes we are reaping what we've sown. Do you know what that means? I've heard so many times, we get persecution, we suffer some persecution, and we want to claim just because there's some persecution that I'm being persecuted for the Lord, I'm being persecuted for righteousness sake. And the truth of the matter is, you did some dumb stuff. You just did some dumb stuff. But you want to receive, oh, sympathies for being persecuted. We don't have a clue what persecution is in this country because we will call our stupidity, our disobedience, persecution. And truly, it's called you reap what you sow. It's a godly principle. You reap what you sow. You sow into the flesh. You reap under the flesh. You sow into the spirit. You reap under the spirit. That reap what you sow is such a beautiful thing. We can see it in the negative. But what about when we sow into the spiritual? You reap that blessing. But we can't say, oh, this persecution I'm under, it's because I'm a Christian. When it's not persecution from being a Christian, it's persecution from being dumb. God doesn't bless things he doesn't say are blessed. He's not going to bless things that aren't true. He's not going to bless things that are not righteous. Oh, I'm persecuted. You know, I just got to keep making this car payment. It's so horrible. Oh, my gosh. You didn't have to buy it. I'm pretty, the Holy Spirit probably told you, you don't need it. Moving on. Told you it wouldn't last too long. Here's the good thing. This is, this is the most beautiful part of this message. It's temporary persecution versus eternal rewards. This is, what, this is what the Lord wants us to really get a grasp of. This life's but a vapor. The persecution you may face is temporary, but there's an eternal reward. There's an eternal reward. How many of you know what residual income is? How many think that is a great way to make money? If you don't know what it is, if you ever wrote a song, like we'll say Bob Dylan, great songwriter. Not a great singer, but great songwriter. <laughs> but write some great, great stuff. So he writes a song one time. From that point on, every time it's played on the radio, every time it up, 
he's cha-ching, 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 getting paid for the rest of his life and his family. And after, makes residual income. You did a series. You acted on that day one time. Every time that episode's played, you should go into acting. <laughs> Every time that episode's played, cha-ching, 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 right? That's a good way to make money, right? Most of the stuff I do, I work one time, get paid one time, it's over. <laughs> right? You got to do some more work, get paid again. This is what the kingdom, the, his, Jesus' whole idea on this is like, blessed are the persecuted, for theirs will be the kingdom of God. So you got persecuted for this. You are going to be given this for eternity. That puts your whole thought, at least it does on mine, like a little bit twisted. Just saying. Like, I might be like the guy who is like, oh, you're firing. Okay, get to shooting. This is the mentality that you must have in this day and age. We want to we get like, they gave a negative comment. They did not like my Christian post. Persecution. <laughs> the great reward is not payment for good works. This great reward is not payment for good works. Rather, it's compensation for the suffering. Your suffering is very, very precious to the Lord. It's precious to the Lord, the suffering of his saints. It's precious to him. He's not just throwing people out, just, oh, yeah, go out there and get ate by the lions. But you know all that blood that was spilled? It wrecked people, and it's still wrecking people when they go, how, how is Stephen smiling and being glorified while we're stoning him. It plant, that blood spilled into the ground and it planted a harvest in Saul. Yes. It wasn't wasted. Luke 6, 22, 24 through 26. Jesus once again says this. What blessings await you when people hate you and exclude you and mock you and curse you as evil because you follow the Son of Man. Young people, what blessings await you? Live on fire for Jesus. Go on your school campus and, and be a missionary to your campus. What blessings await you? I was a youth pastor for a period of time, and there was a young man who would, he would go and stand up on his lunch table. At Calaveras High School, we had these concrete lunch, and it was, before they changed it, it was the same, the one that I went to, and I, oh, boo, we kicked your guys' tail, I'm just saying. <laughs> Except for girls, probably basketball. <laughs> but this young man would, would go at lunch, and he would stand up on top of the lunch tables, and there was this big area, that's where everyone ate. There was these concrete tables, and he would stand up on top of the tables, and he would preach the gospel. He caught a lot of flack. See, I didn't do that when I was in school. I didn't reach any persecution. But I'll tell you what, he was blessed. My wife was blessed. She was persecuted. She didn't have all the friends and all the, 
She wouldn't have had the likes. She wouldn't have had, she wasn't invited to all the parties. She wasn't invited to all the different, different girls, things that were going on because she was a Christian. She took a stand and it cost her. And I have so much respect for you, it's ridiculous because I know it wasn't a story. I watched it happen. She had such an effect that when I would come in a classroom that she was in, I would watch what I'd say. I'm serious. I, she convicted me so bad because I was raised in church and I was going to a youth group. And sometimes I was on, sometimes I was off. Most of the time I was off. But she was never off. And it would convict me. It wasn't in vain. You guys see me, the big vocal one. There's a rock star right there. Because what blessings await you when people hate you and exclude you and mock you and curse you as evil, evil because you follow the Son of Man. When that happens, listen to what he says. Be happy. Yes, leap for joy. For a great award and reward awaits you in heaven. Does that sound like it's like this life's but a vapor? It's a temporary thing. Like get your eyes off of that. Jump for joy and be excited because there's a great reward that awaits you in heaven for eternity. Then he goes on in verse 26. What sorrow awaits you who are praised by the crowds? For their ancestors also praised the false prophets. We are going to come into a day where you're going to see a lot of false prophets. And we're in that day. Seeker friendly. You just start compromising. What do we know happens when you can't start compromising these little things? It ain't too long, and you're compromising in big things. So I got a couple questions. Where do you want your reward? Where do you want your reward? You want a temporary thing, or do you want an eternal? You want residual income? Jesus asked this, asked this question, and he will ask it so differently to many. He asked the rich young ruler. The rich young ruler said, I want to follow you. He said, awesome. Go sell all you have and give it to the poor. It says that he went away sad. Matthew 6, 19 and 21 says, don't store up treasures here on earth where moths eat them and rust destroys them and where thieves break in and steal. Store your treasures in heaven. Where moths and rust cannot destroy, and thieves do not break in and steal. Wherever your treasure is, there the desires of your heart will also be. I'm closing with this. We're in a great company if we're persecuted. We're in great company. He said, so were the prophets. So were the prophets. Can you imagine? That one messed me up all week too, thinking like, man, if I got persecuted... I'm like in that, he's putting me in that company. Like, as we would say, what honor to be considered with the prophets, Isaiah, Jeremiah, Ezekiel, Daniel, Patty, John the Baptist, Jesus. 
right? In Acts, I, I just did a little short study in Acts from Acts 1 on. Um, the first big part of persecution you see is Peter and John. They're put in jail for righteousness sake, <laughs> not for cheating on their income tax or, right? Oh, I'm just feeling so persecuted. The government wants all this money from me because I've been stealing from them. <laughs> oh, you poor thing. It's because you're a Christian, you're persecuted. No. They were persecuted for healing a lame man. A man standing by the temple, not standing, <laughs> on his beggar's mat, begging for money. And he said, silver and gold have we none, right? Such as we have, we give you to you. In the name of Jesus Christ, get up and walk. Yes. And it says that the man jumped up, jumped leaping, praising God. And they went to jail for that. <laughs> and were beaten for that. Were persecuted for that. Sign me up. Can you imagine? What are you in for? Well, there was this lame guy, couldn't walk. And I prayed for him in Jesus' name. And he got up, started dumping and dancing and praising God. And it made all the cops mad and they put me in jail. There's no way. I swear. And now I'm an evangelist. And the whole jail is going to get saved. Right? I mean, that's. If your mindset is already there and you're signing up and understanding, let it come. It's an opportunity for blessing. Later on in chapter 7, Stephen is stoned. This shows you how that blood was not wasted. Stephen is stoned in, in, in Acts 7. And then what happens in, in Acts 8? Saul is breathing out threats to the church. He's persecuting the church in, 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 in eight. But what happens in nine? Saul is saved. That messed with him, I guarantee you. Seeing Stephen stoned, seeing the glory of God, chasing down Christians, seeing them rejoice and be joyful. And then what happened? Boom. He got knocked off his donkey, didn't he? <laughs> Blinded by the light. Don't, read, don't sing the song. <laughs> Who art thou, Lord? He knew instantly. We go on into chapter 10. Or you go on in, the, in, in 9, and James is put to death by the sword. Peter's put in prison. But the church prays. The church prays, and what happens? The gates to the jail open up. Peter, like, Peter thinks he's dreaming. He's like, I'm having a vision or something. This is not real. Like, he's pinching himself, like, walking through. Like, okay, the doors are opening up. There's, everyone's like, I don't know if they're asleep, what's going on, but I'm just going to, I guess I'm going to keep on walking. Praise God. <laughs> and he goes to the house where they're all praying, and they don't even believe it's him. He's knocking on the door. Let me in. They're like, mm-mm, <laughs> not Peter, right? They're praying like we do, without faith. <laughs> can't be Peter. He's in jail. <laughs> no, it's really me. They're like, no, it's really him. Oh my gosh. That's how, I mean, that's how we are. I, I am. Paul in, in chapter, well, that's in, in 10. And then we go to uh, Paul's stone and drug out of the city. Paul's preaching. 
doing good things, healing people. And he gets stoned and drug out of the city, left for dead. Praise God. And it goes on and on and on and on. This is normal Christianity. This is just normal. Like, do we not use the book of Acts as what we're supposed to be, this church, our churches are supposed to be? This is the model. Yay! The kids are excited. In Acts 5, 40 through 42, it gives a little insight into what happens when uh, Peter and John are, are coming out of jail. This is... I remember the first time I read this, it's, and it still, it still grips me. It's still so powerful. It says, The others accepted his advice, and they called in the apostles and had them flogged. Flogged. Then they ordered them never again to speak in the name of Jesus, and they let him go. The apostles left the high council rejoicing that God had counted them worthy to suffer disgrace for the name of Jesus. And every day in the temple and from house to house, they continued to teach and preach his message. Jesus is the Messiah. They counted themselves worthy to have been persecuted for the Lord. We're told in church history that Peter, when they were going to crucify him, they said, don't crucify me upright. I'm not worthy to be crucified like my Savior. Crucify me upside down. Worthy. All, all of the apostles, except for John, they tried to kill John multiple times. They finally, like, they did everything they could. They boiled the dude in oil. He still didn't die. They finally said, we'll just stick you out on the Isle of Patmos. Like, we're done with you. You don't die. So then he writes the book of Revelation. Gets these beautiful visions and downloads. But all the rest of them were, were martyred. When you see his followers, that, that, that's kind of normal. You want to sign up? You want to be a Christian? You, know, you want to make that step? It's a little different than just raising your hand in a Western culture and saying, I make that decision. Or, or, or actually, just close your eyes. Bow your head. We can't have anyone see you. We can't have you get up out of your seat and actually walk to an altar. What if, well, what if we make them feel uncomfortable? I wonder why the Western church does, can't even stand any little bit of persecution. We can't even make a statement and a stand before God Almighty and other Christians. Well, I might be embarrassed. Whew. You feel that? Man. A couple questions the Lord asked me this morning, and I can't answer these. How many of you would be getting baptized if we were in a persecuted country right now today that signed up? Now, I got another question. How many of you would attend? By simply attending and somebody, you're associating and saying, I'm one of them too. We may get that opportunity to find out. I'm not praying that we do. I, I thank God we're in a... I, 
I don't take for granted the beautiful country that we're in. We are blessed. Men and women have, have given their lives, and this country was founded on Judeo-Christian principles so that we can freely and openly. But guess what? Are we freely and openly? We have the right here. Where's no persecution? But it seems like from the early, the only way to get Christians off their rear end spreading the gospel is for there to be some persecution. And I... How many wants revival? Don't be mad at how we get it. I've been in Kenya. I've been in Nairobi. I've been there. And the power of God moves freely and mightily and greatly and so ridiculously so I didn't even want to come home. But there's also persecution. There's also a likelihood that you're going to pay a price. And if we keep going the way we're going in this country and we keep being politically correct, we will pay a price. For, for messages that I preach, I'll go to jail. And then who's going to step up? Linda's next. Okay. What do you do when they come take your home because you had a home group? The government's going to take it now. You, you use, that's not a church. We don't allow that. Who wants to sign up for the next home group? Like, those are some things you're going to have to make some decisions on. So that when persecution comes, you've already made the decision. It's pretty easy to know what you're going to do when you've already made the decision. That's why Jesus says, count the cost. Does it add up? If it doesn't, don't follow me. Because this, this is where we're headed. Listen to those man's words. You only die once. It might as well be for Jesus. Amen. I want to hear, well done. Yes. Well done, thou good and faithful servant. I want to hear that. We're going to be surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses. And we are right now. We are surrounded by a great host of witnesses that are encouraging us and cheering us on. Saying, you can do it. Can you imagine being included? Like, we watched that show Medal of Honor. It's on Netflix. Did I share this with you guys? I did it with the first service. It's powerful. You get to see Congressional Medal of Honor winners award, that have been awarded in our country for acts of valor and, hero, and heroics. I don't know how to say the other word, so we'll go with heroics. Heroism. And uh, it is so humbling. And I get goosebumps. You hear some of these stories. It's so... The level of fight and not giving up for a purpose and a cause so that we'd have freedom for their brothers and their sisters that they're fighting for to go through and continue and persevere. And we have a great host of witnesses for a much greater purpose than even just this country. It's for eternity, for souls. And you could be included in that. That's amazing to me. God could take someone like me, a total screw up, and did so many stupid things and put his spirit inside of me and resurrect my life and use me and be on and he would honor me it's ridiculous and he'll do the same for you and when persecution comes usually the church doubles 
They don't teach that one in Bible school. How to grow your church. Let's go out and be light. Let's go speak the truth in love. Let's go be like Jesus. If we just go be like Jesus, we'll get persecuted. Yay! Right? We should be looking for opportunities. Oh, they hate Christians there. I love you. Jesus loves them. Is that what the church did? They didn't run from it. They ran into it. Go ye into all the world. Not just where it's comfortable, where it's safe. Go into all the world, make disciples, baptizing them in my name, the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Until the end of the age. That's his plan. Amen. Let's bow our heads. Father, I thank you for your word. It is so awesome. It is so encouraging. I pray that every single person is as encouraged as I am. Truly, there's no fear. I rebuke fear. Fear, leave. You have no place here. Faith, rise in the name of Jesus. God, we thank you for your word. We, Lord, I'm so, you're so awesome. You don't lie to us. You tell us the truth. He said, follow me. He said, yeah, you're blessed when you're persecuted for righteousness sake. The kingdom of heaven is yours. God blesses those who are poor and realize their need for him, for the kingdom of heaven is there. God blesses those who mourn, for they will be comforted. God blesses those who are humble, for they will inherit the whole earth. God blesses those who hunger and thirst for justice, for they will be satisfied. God blesses those who are merciful, for they will be shown mercy. God blesses those whose hearts are pure, for they will see God. God blesses those who work for peace, for they will be called the children of God. And God blesses those who are persecuted for doing right, for the kingdom of heaven is theirs. God blesses you when people mock you and persecute you and lie to you and lie about you and say all sorts of evil things against you because you are my followers. Be happy about it. Be very glad for a great reward awaits you in heaven. And remember, the ancient prophets were persecuted in the same way. What an honor, Lord. I thank you, Lord. I thank you for the men and women who have laid down their lives. Lord, that were persecuted. The men and women who were persecuted to bring the gospel to this country. Lord, that have fought to give us the religious freedoms that we have. Lord, convict us so we don't take them in vain. Let us harvest while it's still harvest season. Lord, you said to pray for laborers. Lord, we pray for laborers. Let us be laborers, known as laborers, not as big shots, not as chiefs. Laborers. Let us do what you did. Let us hunger and thirst to be righteous. Let us store up our treasures in heaven where moth, <laughs> moths and rust does not decay them, where robbers can't steal them. Lord, let us be dissatisfied with the treasures of this world and be so concerned with eternity. We thank you for the kingdom economics, for the blessings that we will inherit for all eternity. We thank you for that.
But I pray for our, our, our country and our nation, for our leaders. I pray, God, you give them wisdom. Open their eyes. Let them see what our country was founded on, the Christian values and principles, the word of God. And Lord, for our leaders in the church, God, I ask that, Lord, you would open their eyes. Let the word come alive. Let them stand on the side of the word. Lord, let us not tolerate anything but that. Lord, give us the wisdom and the love to be light. Despising the shame, you went to the cross. You despised all the shame. You took it all. We thank you for the joy that's set before us. <laughs> we're victors. You say we're more than conquerors in you. Build us up, Lord. Prepare us for the days to come. Let us, let us be watchmen on a wall. Let us speak life. Declare your goodness, your faithfulness, your mercies, your peace. You are the answer, Lord. Let us carry that answer to this world. Just pray your blessing over this congregation in Jesus' name. Amen. If you would like to be baptized, just so you know, we, we opened the baptism up for the families and those close friends to the folks that are being baptized. Uh, my backyard is not substantial. <laughs> so um, we will be taking pictures and maybe some video next week or the week to come to show some pictures and stuff to the rest of the congregation. Um, it's how we're doing it this week just for the sake of time so that we could quickly get those who were saved baptized. Um, we'll probably do it a few different ways knowing me. Um, there probably won't be one set one until maybe someday we get a baptismal in here, then that would be cool. But then we'll do it in services. But So please, I, I, I really apologize. I wish we could have everybody, but um, we don't have the space to do that. So for, for this time, we're just those who are being baptized and their immediate family and friends. Um, we're going to do that at four o'clock. And if you um, haven't received one of these and you're getting baptized, come up and I'll give you one. And if you would like to be baptized and you didn't come to the teaching, it's okay. You still can. Just come see me after service. The rest of you are dismissed. Be blessed and go with the Lord. Oh, well, you could have come up and played. That third day offering.
sets us free when did it become incorrect to speak the truth about life and death when your life gave us all eternity
talking here. Be guilty. 